Today's gospel is from Matthew chapters 9 and 10. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Then Jesus summoned his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to cure every disease and every sickness. These are the names of the 12 apostles. First, Simon, also known as Peter, and his brother Andrew. James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. Philip and Bartholomew. Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector. James, son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, Simon the Cananean, and Judas Iscariot, the one who betrayed him. These 12 Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Go nowhere among the Gentiles. Enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. As you go, proclaim the good news. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. You received without payment, give without payment. Take no gold or silver or copper in your belts, no bag for your journey, or two tunics or sandals or a staff, for laborers deserve their food. Whatever town or village you enter, find out who in it is worthy, and stay there until you leave. As you enter the house, greet it. If the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, shake off the dust from your feet as you leave that house or town. Truly, I tell you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than for that town. See, I am sending you out like sheep into the midst of wolves, so be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. The Gospel of our Lord. You may be seated. Thank you, Al. Grace and peace to you from God, our Creator, and from our Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus. Amen. If I were to ask you about a time in your life where you absolutely knew God's presence and if I asked you to describe to me what that felt like, what would you say? Maybe you've never had an experience like that, and that's totally okay. But for those of you who have, I'm willing to bet that you'd say something along the lines of God's presence feeling like an unexplainable peace or joy that burst up from nowhere, or this sense that you weren't alone and were comforted. Does this sound familiar? 
This is usually what we think of when we think of God's presence, but I want to add another feeling to this repertoire. Sometimes, when God shows up in our lives, it can feel like discomfort or frustration. God's presence can feel like confusion or getting your expectations smashed, getting the rug yanked out from you. We're reading the Gospel of Matthew from now until December, and this Gospel is full of moments like this where Jesus speaks and he starts building an argument and you think you know what he's building up to, and then at the last moment he makes a turn to something completely different and catches you unexpected and surprised and confused and unsettled. At the point in the gospel where this reading comes, Jesus has already given his sermon on the mount, filled with teaching that turns the tables saying that the ones that God has blessed are not the moral or the powerful, but the poor in spirit and the mourning and the persecuted. Or telling us that our response to our enemies should be to love them and pray for them. Or warning us against removing the speck in our neighbor's eye before examining the log jammed into our own. Jesus, throughout Matthew's gospel, has a gift of getting us in touch with our own assumptions and then just smashing them. And why does Jesus do this? Jesus longs for us to see the world and to see other people just as God sees them. And he knows there's a lot of assumptions that we need to shed before we can do that. Today's reading is a perfect example of Jesus smashing assumptions and expectations. The scene opens with Jesus looking at a crowd of people who have come to see him, and the text tells us that they are like sheep without a shepherd. And they are like sheep without a shepherd, specifically because they are being picked off by wolves. They are, as the text notes, harassed and helpless. The people who gather around Jesus are the people whose society preys upon. The sick and the poor, orphans and widows, outcasts, prostitutes, addicts, people with disabilities, And here's the first moment of confusion and subversion from Jesus, because when I look at that crowd, when I see those people, I see people who need to be fixed, or people who need to be changed. I see people who need help. Jesus doesn't see it like that, though. What Jesus sees is a field of possibilities and power The harvest here is plentiful, Jesus says. Based on the crowd gathered there, it doesn't look that way. But Jesus sees more deeply than we can see. Jesus is so centered in God's love that he can look past those stories that we tell about other people in this world that subtly strip their humanity away from them. 
And he can say to each oppressed and persecuted one gathered around him, I see you. I see your hopes and longings. I see the gifts that you're bringing to this world. I see the power you have. I see your hurts and where you've tried to heal from them. I see you. Where the world sees powerlessness, Jesus sees possibility. Jesus looks at these harassed and helpless sheep and sees a harvest of leadership. And then here's the next shock and moment of discomfort. Jesus sends his 12 disciples out to tend this flock of sheep. He gives them authority and power to cast out demons and heal the sick. And this seems to be a position of status that he's giving to them, right? seems to be powerful. But if this is true, Jesus has a really strange notion of what power and authority are because he sends his disciples out with nothing. No money, no bag, no change of clothes. And he tells them that he is sending them to God's shepherdless sheep, not as powerful shepherds, but as vulnerable sheep themselves. See, I am sending you out like sheep into the midst of wolves, he says. Talk about discomfort and confusion. And yet, Jesus is using this discomfort, and God is present in this confusion Jesus is trying to get his disciples into a place where they too can look at God's hurting people and say, I see you. Jesus knows that we carry ideas and assumptions about other people with us. And just like our bags and changes of clothes, Jesus needs us to leave them behind. And so Jesus sets us on this journey of coming face-to-face with our deeply embedded assumptions about ourselves and others to figure out what we're carrying with us that's hindering us from receiving our neighbors in love, and then to leave that behind. This process is going to feel uncomfortable. It's going to take work But again, the good news is that God uses this discomfort and God is present there. Look at the disciples. Because of what they have left behind, because of God's presence in their discomfort, they will find people of peace on their journey. They will find new relationships in unexpected places where they can extend and receive hospitality and see each other as God's beloved children. That's God's longing for us all, an abundant life where we harvest new understandings and new relationships where those who are cast off are restored. God longs for each of us to look at our neighbors and to see beyond our assumptions, to see as God sees, to say to each person, I see you. I've been thinking about this after Friday's not guilty verdicts in Officer Yanez's trial for shooting Philando Castile to death in his car last summer. 
as his girlfriend and daughter looked on. How can those of us who are white get to a place where we can better say, I see you, to our neighbors of color? What is Jesus asking those of us who are white to leave behind as he sends us into this world? I don't have too many answers here, but I think the one clear thing is that those of us who are white need to listen more deeply than we have to the experiences of people of color, and we need to dare to believe them, even when it causes us discomfort, even when we find ourselves really, really wanting to say things like, but he got a fair trial and they found him not guilty, or but there was marijuana in his system. You see, those of us who have fared well in this society like to assume that everything is just and fair. We want to believe that the law treats us all equally. We want to believe that things happen for a reason and people generally get what they deserve. But if we want God's abundant life, if we want to see people as God sees them, it's time to call these assumptions into question. And that's deeply uncomfortable to reckon with. Some of you are probably pretty uncomfortable hearing this sermon, and that's okay. God is with you. And also, if that's the case, please talk to me about it. I'm your pastor, and this is what I'm here for. Yes, I know being a police officer is hard and dangerous work, and that the vast majority of police officers live out their callings with dignity. But I also know that between the ages of 19 and 32, Philando Castile was pulled over by police 46 times. That's over three times per year. I, in that same age range, have not been pulled over once. And I assure you, I am not a radically different motorist than Philando Castile was. And I know that if I were pulled over, and if I reached into my pocket for my wallet, there is not one chance that I would have been shot to death as my family watched. And if Officer Yanez was on trial for shooting me, I do not for one instant think that the jury would have believed that he was justified in fearing for his life and discharging his weapon seven times. Race matters in America. You can have a load of individual good people doing their jobs and a system that is unfair to people of color. And that is what we have in America. And this should disturb Christians of every color because we believe that at our heart, the heart of our faith is this notion that if one person suffers, all of us suffer with them. And for those of us who are white, I encourage you to live in the tension and the discomfort that this causes. And here's why. If we are faithful to the gospel, we can trust that God is going to show up in the discomfort. We can trust that discomfort, in fact, is God working at our hearts and bringing change to this world. God can and will 
hold you as you engage with these unsettling realities. God will draw something new out of you when you do not draw away from reassessing your assumptions in light of other people's stories. On Friday night, I gathered with people marching for justice and healing in the wake of the verdict down on University Avenue in St. Paul. There was one young African-American woman. She held a sign that simply read, this hurts. What in our thinking do we need to leave behind in order to sit with her in her pain? What assumptions does Jesus need to cast out of us before we can hear her? How long before we can look at her just as God does and say, I see you? Amen.